0: It's so good to be in God's house today. If you're joining us online, welcome to Hope Point. Look at your neighbor and say, God's got something for you. No, say, God's got something for you like you mean it. You're not selling that. Come on. Hey, I'm so thankful for what God's doing today. Uh, We've got baptisms across all our campuses, which is awesome. Can we give God a hand for that? And um, it's Connect launch, so if you... uh, If you have not signed up to be a part of a group, there's about a hundred to choose from. I would encourage you, get some discipleship, be a part of something that God is doing in your life, and get some relationships. Um, Connect groups have uh, transformed my life. And so I I say that sincerely, just the people I've gotten to meet, what I've gotten to learn, and um, I just love that we do that. So we got good things happening. Um, We're in the tables series. Everybody say tables with me. Tables. If you would, bow your heads. We're going to get into the word. We're going to ask God to bless what he wants to do. Father God, in this moment right now, we just thank you that your word is life. Our opinions don't matter. Your word does. And Father, we thank you that your presence is here. Holy Spirit, I just sense your presence, and I invite you, I acknowledge you. We thank you that that you desire, you are Emmanuel, God with us you desire to be with your people and today father we just move every distraction to the back we know that there's a creator who wrote out every one of our days jesus we thank you that you are god eternal lord over all and today we thank you that you prepared a table for us and we come to it today transform our lives in jesus name everybody said amen amen if you're new to church means i agree let it be so um Uh, I want to talk with you. The title of this message is called, It's Time to Carb Up. How many of you like carbs? I love carbs, man. Nothing like carbs. I'm married into a carb-loving family. For me, ain't no party like a red meat party, but Amy loves carbs. Her family loves carbs. And and so she's from the north, so a lot of Italian influence there, and carbs are a big deal. Um, But last week, we talked about the concept of a table, and this series called Tables is all about... God inviting you into conversations and and there's two things remember that tables do they're about diet and dialogue diet and dialogue so you come to the table to have some conversations and you come to the table for what God has prepared what he wants you to eat what he wants you to get. So tables are all about that and it's an invitation to a conversation and it's funny I just met some people out in the foyer who were telling me man God's done some miracles in our lives We 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 had a different conversation and and God's doing amazing things and I just want to invite you To allow God to have a different conversation with you to come up to the table and get something a little bit different because I believe that he can transformatively change your life and your situation. 100%. How many of you believe that? Yeah? yeah. Just, just, if you believe that, just say, yeah, that's for me. Come on. So, so last week we talked about success a little bit, a note on success. And I'll just, I'll just say that um, uh, I love, uh, love football. Um, and Nick Saban, uh, who is the winningest uh, college coach, uh, with the championship coach, uh, Alabama Crimson Tide, Roll Tide, uh, just said, there are two pains in life. There's the pain of discipline and the pain of disappointment. If you can handle the pain of discipline, then you'll never have to deal with the pain of disappointment. And there's something about just doing what you know to do over and over and over again, no matter if you've seen success or, or you've, you've, you've seen failure. And Joshua last week, he, he had to learn to do the same thing in victory that he had done before victory right that he had to learn to build rhythms of victory because the bible says that they tasted the provisions but did not inquire of the lord even though he had done that many times before but success at jericho success at ai might have made him think hey you know what um this is kind of basic this is kind of standard i'll just you know i'll just mail it in and you know maybe maybe see what what happens but There's a key to Joshua's success in in how he approached the table that God prepared. And if you look at it, you'll find it in Exodus 33, uh, verse 7. It says, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting, because that's where he and the presence of the Lord would meet, and God would give him instructions for how to lead Israel through the desert." Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Verse 11 says, same chapter. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that, that created all, but is still willing to come down and have a conversation, to make a table and go, hey, let's talk about it. It says, as a man speaks with his friend, you, there's a friend in Jesus here today. You have a friend in Jesus here today. It says then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. I want you to see that. So Joshua knew how to cultivate the presence of God in his life and get answers to questions. Right? He knew how to come to the table. Yet we see later that he doesn't inquire of God, and it ensnares him, it traps him, it gets him in a bad place, which tells you never take for granted the table, never take for granted the conversation that you need to have with God, no matter how trivial or important, and what it emphasizes, number one, is that presence is priceless. God's presence is priceless. It's what defines us. It's what marks his people. It's what enables us to move in him in a way that we never have before. It's an identifier. It's a marker. Later, you'll see that they have an opportunity to go into the promised land, but God's fed up with them. He's like, you go. I ain't going. You know, and Moses just says, I'm not doing that. If your presence doesn't go, who will know us from the rest of the world? How will we be defined? We only are recognized by your presence. Church, can I tell you that God wants to mark you with his presence? That when you walk into a room, his presence comes with you. And if his presence is in the room, anything can happen. Things can change dramatically. And so I want to teach you to carve up, because we're going to be talking about the bread of his presence today, the table of his presence today. Recently, Amy and I were uh, at a restaurant. We went to uh, a French restaurant downtown that we like, and we took our son Colin, and Colin doesn't really eat that food. But, but they, they the good thing about the French is they just bring tons of bread. And, and I don't know, it's hard to beat the French in bread. Right, Pierre? Bonjour. So, so yeah, so, um, so, so tons of great bread. Right and, uh, and, and they brought this bread but, but I know this restaurant And they've got really good fruit and nut bread Like it's got fruit in it It's got nuts in it It's baked really well And, and they make it fresh all the time So I asked our server I said, hey, um, do you have any of that bread? And they usually sell out of it It's usually gone real quick And there's a whole basket of bread in front of us She's like, uh, yeah, let me check She she, checked. she said, yeah, I got some I said, Can you just bring it Would it be okay if you brought us some? She said, yeah So she brought us another whole bowl of bread Amy and I just pounded it Like it was gone it was gone Colin was like yeah it is an amen moment it was it was really good (laughs) had the presence of the Lord just come right there and then and uh so we we ate the whole thing and and I said I'm just gonna ask for more and my son is like no you're not you're not gonna do that you're not gonna do that dad and I said yeah I am I'm gonna ask her if she's got more he's like dad we just ate a whole basket full of bread I said I know but we're gonna we're going to pay for our entree, so it's good. They'll make some money off it. So, so he said, don't do it. I said, I'm going to do it. So she came over and said, have you got any more bread? She looked at me. She was like, like are you serious right now? <laughs> and and, and <laughs> Amy was like, I can't believe you're doing this. And I said, well, listen, uh, yeah, we'd really like some if you got it. She said, you know, I just don't really want to cut it, but we've got some more. What if I just give you a whole loaf? <laughs> they usually charge you a lot of money for it. And I was like, are you serious? And she was like, yeah, I just don't want to deal with it. Can I just give you the whole loaf? And I said, oh, yeah, you can. And I looked at Amy and my son, and I said, you have not because you ask not. Come on. And Colin literally crawled under the table. The, the, the waitress was really cute about his age, so I thought maybe, you know, he, 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 he was... Gonna try and get some more than bread, you know, maybe a number or date or something. Like, go on, son. You know, uh, it was hilarious. And 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 I say all that to 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 say that there are times in your life where God wants to do something in your life, but if you don't recognize the opportunity or the table that He's presented for you, then you can walk away and not and not get what He wanted you to have. And I just happen to believe that God wanted me to have a lot of bread that day. So I, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's the God I serve. So, uh, so I want to have this conversation because there's a table in the Bible that's one of the most critical tables that you will ever encounter. And it's the table of his presence. It's the table, they used to call it, there's all, uh, remember, there's all different kinds of tables. There's table of sacrifice, the table of inquiry, the table of temptation, the table of forgiveness, the table of Passover. I mean, there's all different kinds of tables. We're going to talk about a lot of them, but this table is one of the most important. It was called the table of shoe bread or the table of show bread, right? Talking about carbs, right? And, And this table was specifically designed by God. God told Moses, this is how you will make it. The exact measurements, the exact height, the exact width, and you will overlay it all in gold. You will put it all in gold. And my that is that represents the table of my presence. And he said, what you will do is you will bake 12 big loaves of bread. And Israel had 12 tribes. J- you know, they, they, 12, 12 sons of, Josh, uh, uh, of uh, Jacob. There were 12 tribes. And each loaf represented a tribe of israel that would sit on this table now you might go well how is that important for us we're going to talk about it but the table represents some really important things the table represented that that god is your provider everybody say provider god is your provider if you don't know that then I want you to hear this today that God is your provider that you have a heavenly father that opens up blessing and opportunity for you every place that you go and that he is more than enough to meet every need whether those are difficult things challenging things it can be anything he is your provider that's in every phase of your life the table represents provision but the table also represents the fact that he's your daily bread everybody say daily bread I don't know about you, but you can put yourself outside of God's grace. You can think about tomorrow. God's grace isn't in tomorrow. His grace is sufficient unto the day. So he is only in the day that you are in, his grace. Are you, talk, are you hearing me today? So, so, so what I mean by that is he's daily bread. The, the Israelites could only collect bread when it fell from heaven in, 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 the, in the desert each day. They couldn't collect next day or next day unless it was Sabbath. They could only collect for that day. That tells me that God wants you present in his presence. Are you hearing me? That God wants you present in his presence. That that don't worry about tomorrow, what it may bring. Jesus said, tomorrow will take care of itself. But there's something that God has for you now that if you're constantly in tomorrow about or in yesterday about, you will miss what he has for you today. Are you hearing me? And And he's got something good for you today, so he's daily bread it represents that the table also represents salvation it is it was the table of salvation you say how and why we'll talk about that in a minute but the bread actually represents the bread of life jesus christ the bread see god always tells you what he will do before he does it the bible is a testament that he will do what he said he would do. Over Jesus fulfilled over 400 prophecies, most of which could not be said. It's statistically Im- impossible for that to have happened. Where he would be born, who would be born to. God always tells you what he will do before he does it. He calls his own shot. And all through scripture you see that. You see that with Jeremiah, you see that with Isaiah, you see that with all the prophets. Him going, there's someone that's going to be born. When Moses put that bread on that table, he was declaring, there will come one who will be the bread of life. You will eat once and you will be satisfied for eternity. That there is one who is going to take away the sin of the world. There is one who's going to connect us back to our creator. There is one who loves us and sin separated us from him. And Jesus is here. Listen, hear me now. Sin, God did not say, I can't be around you because you did something wrong. God said, the very nature of who I am is holiness. Holiness. It is completely, it's like ma- uncharged magnets. They they repel one another. That sin cannot be a part of a holy God. And so there's this conundrum on I love my people. I love what my creation. I love my image bearers. But sin has marred and destroyed and corrupted everything that I made. How do I connect back with them? Oh, there is the bread of God. Of life. I'm going to prepare a table shaped in a cross that will take away the sin of the entire world. And the bread that we put on that table, Jesus declares. I am the bread of life. To an Israelite people, he said, you are used to putting bread on a table, in a a temple, and, and, and that's great, but there's one greater here that will feed you and satisfy you for all of eternity, and I am that one, the bread of life. It's time to carve up church. It represents his word. See, if you you don't believe me about Jesus, where was Jesus born? He was born in Bethlehem. He grew up in Nazareth, but he was born in Bethlehem. What does Bethlehem mean? House of bread. I'm the bread of life. God was intentional about every little detail. Every little detail. I'm, I'm, I'm the bread of life. I was born in the house of bread. Oh, and by the way, The bread of the presence. I'm the presence. I represent him. So then the table represents the word of God. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God said, let there be light. And there was light. Light And light started shooting out at 192,000 miles a second and creating universes and worlds and all of these things. The, the Everything is upheld by his word, the bread of life, the word of life. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Where his voice is, his life is. Jesus, when they were questioning him, they said, where else can we go? We're going to read this today. You have the words of eternal life that wherever your voice is your life is that that, that when you speak things change. When you speak, things are created. When you speak, healing takes place. When you speak, deliverance takes place. When you speak, salvation takes place. When you speak, there's a connection point. And so the the table represents the words of life. And in John 6 verse 60, that's going to be one of our texts today, Jesus has this weird conversation. He basically says, anybody that does not drink my blood and eat my flesh has no part of me right and and they're going oh jesus is a cannibal he's he's he. no, no no jesus is talking about the broken body of the cross and and the, and 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 they all missed it even the disciples missed it the bible says jesus shrunk his church by like three quarters that day he would have been fired by the board son of god done Dunzies, go 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 do something else right he he just he just completely shrinks his church if you look, it says, not just some, it says, many of his disciples left it. They said, and, and then, then the 12 look and they go, man, uh, this is a hard teaching. Who, who can accept it? And I love this about Jesus. Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this. Do you know that God knows? He just knows. You might as well talk to him about it. Right? You might as well talk to him about it. I love that we serve a God. You can just come to him and be like, blah. That's the Psalms. That's what David writes. Blah. You know, just, just let it all out. And, and, and he loves you enough to have the conversation with you about it. So he says, where his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Does this offend you? You know what the word grumbling means there? The idea that a supposedly legitimate claim is not met. That's what the word means in Greek. So literally, what they were what they're trying to say is that. That the disciples weren't acting unreasonable, but Jesus did not meet their reasonability. That God sometimes says some things to us that are not reasonable at the table. They just they're just like, What? I don't want to do that, I don't want to forgive that loser. I don't want to forgive that mean person. I don't want to I don't want to have to deal with that. I don't want to have to I don't want to have to layer that and go under. I don't want to give you my hurt, my pain. I don't want to give you this. I don't want to give you my past. I don't want to I don't want to trust you with my future. Jesus sometimes asks you to just do that. Just like he asked a five-year-old boy to give him five loaves and two fish. His whole meal. How many of you have tried to take tried to take a meal from a kid? I mean, that ain't going to work well. The first two words that my kids learned was no and mine. That's sin nature working right there. Like, we didn't have to teach them that. We they got that all on their own. That was imparted to them from Adam and Eve, right? So, 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 so hey, give me your lunch. Uh, I don't think so. It's my snack pack. Give me your lunch. Five loaves, two fish. I'm going to feed everybody. You see, that there are some things that are just unreasonable... And you can grumble about them. But if you come to the table and do that, you're going to miss something. So Jesus says, does this offend you guys? And offend means scandalizo. It means scandalous. It means that what Jesus had said was so scandalous to them that they tripped up over it. Because that word actually means to put a stumbling block in front of. That, that, That Jesus, they had to watch out. They're going to trip. They're going to trip over Jesus. They're going to trip over a truth that he was laying down. Jesus was not just saying, hey, I'm a great guy. He wasn't just saying, I know some things. He wasn't just saying, I can work miracles. He was saying, I am the answer. I am God incarnate. And I came to take away the sins of the world. Even Jesus' family had a hard time with that. The Bible says that his brothers did not believe. John says his brothers did not believe in him. I love the book of James because James is Jesus' brother. At some point, James goes and all of the others go. He is exactly who he said he was. We thought he was crazy, but he was exactly who he said he was. And James becomes one of the leaders of the church, writes this amazing letter to the church. You know, if you read James, you will get offended, uh, and it's okay. God will challenge you in that book. But Jesus says, listen, does this offend you? Does this make you trip? He's saying salvation through my body is what I've prepared for you. That that I'm going to suffer. By my stripes, you will be healed. That, that, That by my brokenness, you will have wholeness. That by me becoming sin for you, you will be righteous in the sight of God. That, that I know this is profound, but there's going to come a time where, you, where, where, the, where not only the priest can go into the temple and feel my presence, but my presence will dwell within you as I take away the sin of the world and send the Holy Spirit to make his home in you. Are you hearing me today? There's something powerful about what Jesus is saying. If you look in Matthew 16, Jesus does something similar where he's talking about bread. He had just fed 4,000 people, uh, men alone, men alone, likely 12,000 with seven loaves. This is not the 5,000. This is another instance. And Jesus gets in a boat, goes to the other side of the lake with all the disciples. And And Jesus starts to talk to him. He says, hey. Be careful. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They, and The disciples discussed discuss this among themselves and said, it's because we didn't bring any bread. He's ticked off. We didn't bring any bread. Did you bring any bread? You, you, you forgot the bread. You forgot lunch. You forgot lunch. Now the, now the master's ticked off. They're, they're discussing it. They're having a time, man. They don't know what to do. And Jesus, again, aware of their discussion, Jesus said, you have little faith, Why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Don't you understand? Don't you remember the five loaves and the 5,000? How many basketfuls did you gather? Or maybe you remember the seven loaves for the 4,000. How many basketfuls did you gather? How is it that you don't understand I'm not talking about bread? Jesus says, if I wanted bread, I could say bread be, and it would come, and it would sink this boat. I just fed five thousand people with five five thousand men with five loaves. I just fed four thousand people with seven loaves. I know how to make it rain carbs. That's what he's saying. He's like, "What is wrong with you?" He basically. Have you ever thought of that? Like, what, what is wrong with you? Jesus is going. I'm not talking about bread. I'm talking about teaching that will destroy your life. I'm talking about something leading you astray. And here's where Jesus has an invitation to avoid a conversation. I just want to encourage you. There are some conversations that you were never meant to be a part of. We engage in conversations sometimes with the enemy of our soul, with people that, that 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 we were never intended to have a conversation about. Eve had one with the serpent. Never intended to have that conversation. A lot of times it's because we're around what we shouldn't be. Eve was around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, so she knew how to have a conversation from that tree. Are you with me today? If you find yourself in a conversation that you shouldn't even be entertaining likely you're not in the right spot initially and so so, so there's this conversation that's being had here and aware of it Jesus begins to challenge them do not be afraid of the invitation to reject a reservation you know you make reservations to go eat all the time don't be afraid to reject the reservation if God didn't make that reservation for you you shouldn't go to the you shouldn't go to the restaurant just hear me there's a different table that god has prepared for you you know what the that word means be aware it means prosecco it means a boat just touching the land it doesn't even have to go all the way ashore that if you in, that, that be aware don't even allow that into your thinking and your mindset things that that you should not entertain fear is the opposite of faith church and if you get this there's faith that can come alive in your life but don't even don't even entertain what you should not know how to take authority over your thoughts know how to take authority over what comes into your life that is not of God that does not build faith that is not consistent with the word of God are you with me today so, so I started to look up the process of making bread because I was interested uh, about this carb series. And the first thing, a lot of you probably do that, but the fundamental ingredient is flour, right? You need flour. Flour is made from grinding grain, which is wheat. So let's look at John 12. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And the man who loves his life will lose it while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Think about it. What am I doing? I'm having an invitation to a conversation with Jesus where he's going to ask me to lay some things down. And I got a choice. I can yield to him, and he can get fruitfulness out of my life like I've never seen. Or I can say, hey, I'm going to hold on to me. I'm going to hold on to this, and and I'm going to limit the power of God right there. Not because, not because God's power is un, uh, not unlimited. It's because that God will honor my choice. He will honor my choice. He believes in your will. He will honor your choice. And so they, they, they then tell you to gather everything you need to make the bread that you're going to make. And I think that that's the church. I think God positions you in the house of God in, the, in, in the, with the people of God. You have what you need. In the house of God, you have what you need. The answer is, there's an answer here for what you need. There's an answer for what you need. Then they say, measure the ingredients, right? So I got I to place some things out. God has some things in your life that he needs to place out. I think of uh, 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8. It says, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, Godliness to godliness, brotherly kindness, and a brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these things in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of Jesus Christ. Do you know you can have a knowledge of Jesus Christ and be completely ineffective and unproductive? Think about that. What a waste. What a waste. But, but if we, if we look at this we can measure the ingredients right. And then it says mix the dough to the right consistency. I love Hebrews 4 too. You've heard me preach on it recently. For we've also had the gospel preached to us just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value because they didn't mix it with faith. So faith releases the power of the word. Faith releases. It, 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 it's, it's, the, it's the germination of the seed. It unlocks the seed to produce fruit in your life. So, so Jesus is saying, Hey, have an invitation to a conversation at my table. Carve up. There's resting. You got to let the dough rest, right? And then you got to stretch it. And I love Isaiah 54 enlarge the place of your tent, expand your tent sticks. You'll spread out to the right and to the left. Can, Can I just tell you? That stretching is never easy. You're mixing the dough, you're doing things, you're, you, you, you're, you're doing all of that, and it's never easy. But God wants to grow you. He wants to expand you to house not only his glory, but what he wants to do in and through your life. And a lot of times, we have no desire to do that. But when you enlarge the tent, you make room for other people. You enlarge the tent. You do something. God does something in your life pretty amazing. And then it says, he shapes you. You shape the dough to how you want it to look. And I think about Isaiah 29. You turn things upside down. God sometimes just turns everything upside down. You're like, what are you doing, God? What are you doing right now? I came to the table, and I just feel like my life is completely a mess. What are you doing? He says, as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. Shall what is form say to him who formed it? He did not make me. Can the pot say to the potter? He knows nothing. If God has flipped something upside down, just trust that he knows what he's doing. Trust that he knows what he's doing. And if you're in a position where you're thinking that he's going to move and he hasn't done anything, God is doing something even when he's doing nothing. He's moving even when you don't think he is. But he's stretching. He's shaping. And then he's baking. He's turning up the heat. I love this. Isaiah 48. I have refined you though not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. There are times where you're just going to go through some things and God is just purifying your life. He's just making you pure gold. He's just he's, he's baking that bread, man. That, you can't bake bread without heat. There's an aroma that comes out of your life when you're going through something and you're just saying, yeah, but but I just trust the Lord. I just have faith in what He's doing in my life. I just know that He's good and that He's loving. I trust His heart when I can't see His hand. I just know that He's doing something in and through my life. And I'm just, I'm just going to go to the right table. I'm going to go to the right table and have a conversation. Something really important in this. It's about... Jesus and David. Jesus, I have time to explain it all, but Jesus and his disciples are walking on the Sabbath and they pick heads of grain, bread, and it's raw form. They start eating them. And all the Pharisees go, you're working on the Sabbath, you can't do that. And Jesus says, one greater than the Sabbath is here. I'm Lord of the Sabbath. And they get all offended. They get all upset, right? Because they can't take it. They can't, they don't know how to have that conversation. And, and it reminded me He says, don't you remember King David? When he was running from Saul, he went to the house of God and he was hungry. And the only thing there was the bread of the presence. They never, you didn't eat the bread of the presence. They baked it every week and then they, that was for the priests. You you didn't touch that. And he said, David took the bread because he needed it. And you know what I love about God? Here's Here's what God quotes Listen to what Jesus says, and this is for somebody in this room today. I just believe that God wants to speak this into your life. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. An acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. Aren't you glad that there's a God in heaven? There's a presence you can access whenever you're desperate. There's a presence you can access whenever you need it. God desires mercy. The word says mercy triumphs over judgment. That there's a God in heaven that says, whenever you need me in my presence, I'm here. That, that, that you, might, you might go through and break all the religious expectations. But can I tell you, religion without the presence of God Like, church without the presence is a religious exercise. That that, that church without the presence is a social club. But if the presence of God is in the room, transformative things happen. Sinners become saints. The deaf hear, the blind see, the lame walk. Come on. People are free. When the presence of God is in the room, there is more than you need available. There's an invitation, church, to a conversation. We need to have it today. God loves you, and he is for you. I'd like for you to just bow your heads with me in this moment. We're just going to continue to talk about the presence. Jesus came and hung on a cross, the bread of life, so that we could have abundant and eternal life here today. And I just want to invite you to this conversation and this table. It's the table of salvation. They didn't get it back then. A lot of people just went, no, that can't be. That can't be. But I know that there are people online and I know that there are people in this room who have never really said, God, I give you my life. I trust that Jesus is all I need. I trust that he's the answer that I've been looking for. And despite all my questions, all my fears, all my background, I know that he's in this room right now. And I I believe that there are people here that feel the presence of God right now. And Jesus is inviting you to an uh, invitation, to a conversation, and saying, isn't it time that you stopped trying on your own and surrendered to me? Isn't it time you gave me your life? Today, I just want to invite you to say a prayer with me. And the Bible says that if you confess that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that you'll be saved. That there is abundant and eternal life. There's heaven. There's also hell. God never intended anybody to go there. It's why he bankrupted heaven and gave his one and only son. But our good deeds, we're not good people. <laughs> Humanity has proven that. We are in need of a Savior. And Jesus, God incarnate, came down to save us for sin, from, from sin and for him. Today, I want you to just, if you just feel God doing something in your heart, I want you to trust him. I want you to lean in. I want you to say this prayer with me. And it's a prayer, it's it's the start of something, start of a relationship with God. And at the end of it, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and just that you acknowledge that you said it. And that's so important because it's the most, this is the most important decision you ever make in your life. Our whole church is going to help you pray. And we're going to, we're going to celebrate everyone that that makes this decision today. Would you say this out loud, nice and loud with me so, so we can hear. Say, dear God, forgive me of all my sin. I turn to you, Jesus, and I give you my life. I believe you paid a price that I couldn't. I believe that you rose again. You conquered death and hell so I could have abundant and eternal life. I promise to serve you all my days and I thank you for saving me and for cleansing my life today. In Jesus' name. You said that prayer and you just meant it in your heart. Just raise your hand right now. That's the most important decision you'll make.